otherwise on SAFM. A very happy Thursday, Mzansi from me, Shadow Twala, and welcome to Otherwise Talking Women uh, on SAFM, South Africa's news and information leader. The show is produced by Hazel Makuzeni, and today Albert Klassen will drive the show. Our contact details are 0892102010, email otherwise at safm.co.za, tweets at otherwise safm or at Shadow Twala. Now, today we find out about the therapeutic and medical use of laughter from laughter master Bill G. of the Happiness University with an emphasis on child hackling, and he'll explain that when he joins me in the studio. And Babies Behind Bars was founded by journalist Romy Titus. She talks about how they're unlocking hope for babies who are born and live in jail. Finally, we hear about an upcoming event, Ganga Desera, to honor Mother Ganga, the Hindu goddess. And we hear from Mrs. Sagri Davraj of the Divine Life Society. But before we talk about happiness, my lunch bite for today is the happy song. It might seem crazy what I'm about to say.
upstyle the great outdoors. Pimpal 4x4, put the glam in camping and go glamping. Catch our modern man's essential guide to posting the sharpest profile on social media with trend-setting achievers. Plus, multi-award winning Quito legends take us back to where it began. When my fig is all on, on top billing. That's top billing, Thursday night at 8.30 on SABC3. This week on Justice Prevails. This is my show, Simon. People come to see and to hear me. Me, Gloria Fisher, not some little nobody from nowhere. Anything you can do. Why is that flat wobbling like that? You testified that you didn't cut the ropes in question. Definitely not. I would never try to kill another human being. Justice prevails on Sunday afternoon at half past three. Otherwise, on SAFM. Well, welcome to Bill G. of the Happiness University, his uh, laughter master. I tell you, I wish, this is one of those days I wish I was on television again, because there, I see you, and the first thing we do before we even greet, we start laughing. <laughs> You've got to stop laughing, though, <laughs> and, and, and talk to me about um, laughter. Happiness University, what is that? Happiness University, it's wonderful. <laughs> <laughs> I got into happiness years ago. I was a director of Laughter Yoga International in India. Mm-hmm. And um, we have people in 65 countries getting together to laugh together. It's wonderful. What are the benefits of laughing? Oh, we don't have time for that. But there are so many. There's so many. It's, it's nature stress reduction. Mm-hmm. Um, heart, diabetes, blood sugar, there's so many good things that come out of laughter. The problem has been you can't use it as a medicine if you can't prescribe it. You cannot use it as a medicine? If you cannot prescribe it. Okay. And you see kids laugh all the time, but adults only laugh because of jokes or comedy. And if you're laughing because of jokes or comedy, then you can't use laughter as a medicine. So we use a different technique. We teach adults to laugh without <laughs> jokes or comedy. Now, and then you can use it for therapy and for healing, and it's so powerful. There are new studies every week with benefits. Heart attack patients, it drops blood sugar quickly, it's, it counters depression, it reduces stress, um, it increases your life by 8 or 10 years. Well, now, how do we know if, if we laugh? Is there a proper way to laugh so that it is healing, a healing laughter? As opposed to <laughs> you're, just. You're kidding me, aren't you? <laughs> is, there, is there a way? <laughs> is there a right way or a wrong way? Is there a right way or wrong way to laugh? No. I mean, no, but um, laughing, natu- what we call natural laughter, which is what we teach people to do and what kids do, is much better for you because comedy is often emotionally very negative. Comedy is often be- you're laughing at somebody, at somebody. else. Mm-hmm. There's a negative connotation. Mm-hmm. Whereas if you look at kids laughing, you know, they can't even tell a joke properly because <laughs> <laughs> they get it backwards, <laughs> but they know how to laugh. 
So, uh, uh, prescribing it then. Yeah. Um, what do you teach people, actually, how, how to prescribe? What, what, what goes into that workshop? Okay. Um, we have different workshops, but when we're working with laughter, um, it's simply a question of opening people up to their natural laughter. Every human being on the planet laughed. They started six weeks or two, three months mm-hmm. until their adolescence. They laugh 300 to 500 times a day. Mm-hmm. And then at adolescence, there's a bunch of brain changes and a lot of social programming that happens, and we actually lose that natural laughter. We put conditions on our laughter. Don't laugh here. Don't laugh mm-hmm. there. Don't mm-hmm. laugh this. Don't stop behaving like a child. Mm-hmm. Five most evil words in the English language. Stop Don't behaving stop like a child. And yet you should. You should. You need to laugh. We desperately need it. We've got the highest stress levels in the history of man, and nature's opposite to stress is laughter. Wow. So, how, and, and, and you know, it's Child Protection Week this week, and I, 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 I want us to talk about keeping the children laughing, especially children that are, um, are in, live in adver- adverse conditions, you know, in, in our country, and, and live uh, poverty and abused children and, and all of those kinds of things. We how do we heal them with laughter? Well, it's, it's amazing how powerful it is. I was shocked because we developed a program with USAID and the big NGOs. Uh, we've been working for five years in the HIV and AIDS sector mm-hmm. to try and heal the HIV caregivers because suddenly there were half a million caregivers looking after people that were dying, and it's one of the most terrible jobs in the world. Mm -hmm. Before AIDS, if you did that work, by law, you had to get psychosocial support. You had to get debriefing Mm -hmm. from a psychologist. But suddenly there were half a million of these people, and there were not enough psychologists in the world. So they asked us to develop a program to help them counter the stress and the depression and the trauma. And we did that. We combined aerobic laughter together with positive psychology and together with the latest developments in neuroscience. Mm -hmm. And within uh, a month, we had very depressed caregivers, completely stress-free, depression-free, and laughing. And we did it 50,000 times, uh, all measured and evidence-based. Now, during that program they started taking it to the OVC, the Orphans and Vulnerable Children. Mm -hmm. And these were kids that had watched one or both of their parents die and their households and their lives fall apart. They were badly traumatized. And we healed them, most of them, in a matter of two to three weeks. By by teaching them how to laugh? Well, they knew how to laugh, but when when they're traumatized like that, their childhood development stops. Now, childhood development is mirrored and driven by laughter and play. Mm -hmm. So they were in a place of arrested development. They no longer had an interest in the future. They they had no interest in communicating. They were withdrawn. It was terrible to see. And by kick-starting the laughter again, especially with young children, within a matter of weeks, they regained their normal childhood. Suddenly they had hope for the future. Suddenly they were able to cope with the stresses of Mm. these terrible foster homes they were in. Suddenly they were able to express their emotions. Suddenly they were really interested in learning. Mm -hmm. So it it, it was a wonderful process. So... How how do we? Because I, I I believe it's not just um, 
not not just those children that are that, that need to learn how to de-stress from 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 laughter, but I think also the whole of South Africa needs to be laughing more because we all carry so much baggage. We into 20 years of our democracy, but there's still so much um, to deal with on a daily basis. So many stress challenges. levels in South Africa are double the world average. That's just for the people who are well off. For the people who are struggling financially, the stress mm-hmm. levels in South Africa are four times the world average. And for the people working in, in caregiving, the stress levels are double again. So mm-hmm. there we were working with people that had eight times the world average of stress and depression levels. And we cured them. So how, <laughs> how can you cure us? <laughs> we have a whole host of courses. Um, we've now that the the big HIV push is over, we're extending the knowledge and experience that we have and the latest developments in positive psychology and neuroscience into um, courses which we offer on uh, through Happiness University. Mm-hmm. And, and that's online at, at happiness-university.org. Um, so we have in-person courses and we have online courses. Now, we do different courses for different things. So, for example, for businesses, for corporate, mm-hmm. we have courses there where you boost happiness, you boost productivity, people start working better, working better together, sales go up by 40%, productivity by 25 to 50%, absenteeism drops. Um, it's really good for boosting the profit in companies. Where we're talking about adults, we have a a two-day lifestyle course called Art of Stress, which teaches you all the techniques you need. So that combines psychoeducation, mindfulness training, behavior change training, and aerobic laughter training. Oh, I like that. helps you to speed up the whole process. Then you, you learn how to control and master stress, how to counter depression, and how to eventually automatically build happiness. I want to be happy. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that's definitely you come to the right place. I I want to be happy. So how many times should we be laughing at least? Is is there a number to to just get ourselves healed in in, in a tiny little bit? We we find that 10 to 15 minutes a day of laughter just changes your life altogether. Just break into laughter. Just breaking the laughter, but there's more to it. Uh, we started when we were working on the on the development of the caregiver program. We started with just laughter, and we got good results, good improvement. Then we added positive psychology because that was just in its infancy, but they had good knowledge, and we got better results. And then we added psychoeducation and mindfulness and behavior change mm-hmm. training, and suddenly we got re- the most powerful happiness-building results in the history of the world. And we did it 50,000 times. Mm-hmm. So we, we figured out why it was happening in the beginning. We didn't know why it was happening. We had to send in psychologists to work it out. <laughs> now, does it mean that each and every one of us needs to take this course and, and, and come to uh, online if or come to, is it, is it all over the country? Can one attend a course in different centers around the country? Or does one then, can one only do online? 
At the moment, the, the educational courses are online. The laughter courses we have to do in person. We're delivering them in Cape Town. We've got a program called Happy Cape Town. So mm-hmm. we're having workshops more or less every week all across Cape Town wow. from now till the end of the year. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the, these will be extended across South Africa and across the world through licensees. Okay, so, so it's a two-day course in Cape Town. It's a two-day course. We have short workshops also. Um, the one I want to talk about because we're very excited about it is uh, we call it Happy Child, Happy Future. Okay. Because neuroscience has shown now, has, has taught us so much in the last couple of years about kids. And, and what people don't understand is that parent, happy parents make happy kids. Mm-hmm. And happy kids can live up to 20 years longer. Happy kids can be way more successful in every aspect of life. Whereas unhappy kids or kids subjected to unhappiness and stress suffer from a host of health and physical and mental problems Mm -hmm. and handicaps. Um, And this starts even before conception. Before they're born. Before they are conceived where it's been shown that, for example, an unhappy or a stressed or depressed father, you get epigenetic changes in the semen, which mean that that child will have difficulty coping with stress for the rest of their lives. And it's not only that child, those epigenetic changes go forward for three generations. Mm -hmm. So one of the reasons that we have the highest stress levels in history is because this has been happening for three generations already. Then during during, uh, uh, conception also, you have the problems of, of erectile dysfunction and fertility problems in women. It's driven by stress and unhappiness. During pregnancy, it's a key time because a baby is like a new scale. They haven't set their zero point yet. Now, a baby in a mother's womb is sharing the mother's blood. And it sets its zero point. This is what its natural healing system Mm. will go back to for the rest of its life. If that mother is stressed or depressed, the baby says that's normal. And it will have trouble coping with stress and it will tend to depression for the rest of its life. Why, why <laughs> is this not public knowledge? I mean, Well, that's I mean, why we set up Happiness University, because it's also recent. Most of this knowledge is still in research papers. And I feel so strongly that we've got to get it out to people, because it changes lives. You can now, we call it uh, hacking. You can hack your child. Child hacking is by being aware of happiness and unhappiness, Mm. and making sure, taking measures that that the mother and the father are happy before conception, during pregnancy, and during early childhood, will dramatically change the course of that child's life. So how do we hack our children? (laughs) (laughs) Well, the first step is... I want everyone to be hacking their children now. We have a a course in Cape Town, a workshop, next Tuesday in Rondebosch. Um, at Come, Aaron you can Hall. give us some tips before we get to the to the workshop. It's all Is it about all happiness. complicated? It's all about happiness, and the fastest way is to laugh. But really, uh, in the psychoeducation that we give in these courses, 
it's, it's learning to understand how happiness and unhappiness affects you. Every aspect of you, your body, your mind, your emotions, your immune system, even your morals and values are affected by mm. stress and by happiness and unhappiness. Then mindfulness, how to recognize this in real time so you can actually feel it happening. And change course. And change course. Mm-hmm. And then the tools, how do you change course? Ooh. And and it's really so easy when you know how. You know, it's something we can teach people in two days and change their lives forever. Um, can we ever unlearn uh, the, 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 the natural reaction of the stresses, what we... Absolutely, absolutely. That's, that's what we do, is we teach people to recognize what is stressing you. And then once you realize what's stressing you and you think about it, you say, but that's stupid. You know, I'm getting stressed because of that, and I'm giving myself a heart attack, I'm giving myself high blood pressure, I'm giving myself diabetes, I'm taking 10 years off of my life because I'm stressing about that. It's not worth it. And we cannot control it, so... But you can, and we teach you how, and it's very simple to change because stress is a habit. And it's very easy to change habits once you know how. But laughter, again, helps. So we, we call it happiness intelligence. And developing happiness intelligence is a one-way thing. Once you've got happiness intelligence, you're going to automatically build a happier and happier life for the rest of your life. And we can teach people how to do this in two days. And there's no going back. Once you've got it, You've got it. You're going to now, does it work? Does it work together with all the other suggestions of a, of, of a living in the moment and yes. and, and and meditation and and all of that and and, and sometimes silence because silence is good Absolutely. to understand what is stressing. Absolutely. Now, can can you use all of that in the same package? We use all of that and we teach all of that at Happiness University. But 90% of the world's unhappiness is driven by stress. Mm-hmm. So we focus on stress mm-hmm. because <laughs> um, if you measure our response to ha- something happy and something unhappy, humans are wired to pay f- three times more attention to something that is stressful mm. than to something that is happy, because stress might be danger. So we're hardwired that way. We can't help it. But what that and, and we focus on an unhappy thing for three times longer. So that means you need three happy things in your life to balance one unhappy one. Okay, so we can teach you to be happier, yes, but if we can take away your stress, you're getting three times the mileage. So we start with getting rid of the stress. And it's actually really easy using these new techniques and using laughter and using positive psychology things. Okay, so laughing, I'm going to try laugh 15 minutes a, a day, you said. 15, <laughs> 15 minutes a day and you said maybe not from comedy because it's negative but I'll find some good things to laugh about and I hope I just, just don't look crazy, crazy walking down the street and laughing well what you do is you switch your cell phone off mm-hmm. and then laugh into your cell phone and everybody <laughs> will think you're talking to somebody really funny <laughs> But the, the child thing you spoke about is really important. We can change our children's lives. We can hack our kids even before they're born and during young childhood and during teenagehood right through the time that they're with us. 
by changing our happiness and by focusing and teaching the kids to be happy, they will perform better in education. Mm. They will be more successful. They will get a better job. They will live longer. They'll have fewer heart attacks. They'll have, you know, less children. Happiness leads to positivity and having a good attitude. For a century, people have thought that success will make you happy, and now science has shown us that actually happiness will make you successful. Well, <laughs> now give us those details. How do we find you? Your your website is www. dot happiness hyphen university. dot org. Dot org. Dot org. There's no org. It's just org. Okay. Happiness-university.org. Yeah. And, and we'll find all those details. Anybody planning to have kids or anybody who has kids or anybody who's been a kid and wants to understand how their parents' unhappiness affected them, we've got a course on Tuesday night at Erin Hall in Rondebosch, 7 o'clock. It's a workshop specifically about happy child, happy future. How much does it cost? Uh, it is... Okay. Have you got a <laughs> telephone number people can call? Um, I tell you call. what, the tickets are available on web tickets. Okay. If you go to webtickets.co.za forward slash happiness. Fantastic. Then you'll see all of our events. Fantastic. Um, I think the 240 rand. Bill G., You've been a G. You've been a G. Thank you very much. Well, we're laughing into the news headlines now with Utsile Saku. Thank you, Bill. Thanks, Shadow. In the headlines, it's not clear where the 36-year-old man accused of abusing his wife and five children at his Springs home got a razor blade which he used to cut his wrists. The man allegedly attempted to commit suicide after the Springs Magistrates Court on Gauteng's East Rand denied him bail. Lawyers representing IEC chairperson Pansit Lagula have asked the electoral court sitting in the South Houting High Court to dismiss a complaint against her. And the Commission of Inquiry probing the collapse of a concrete slab at a mall construction site in Tongart has heard that half of the concrete samples taken during construction failed to reach the required strength. Details at 2 o'clock. First, it was the first democratic elections in 1994. The President of the Republic of South Africa, Mr. Nelson Kholishasa Mandela. The time for the healing of the wounds has come. The 2010 FIFA World Cup. We are proud. We are proud of Africa. The 2010 FIFA World Cup will be organized in South Africa. Then... A South African winning an Oscar. And the Oscar goes to... Charlize Theron. I'm going to thank everybody in South Africa, my home country. And I'm bringing this home. Our democracy did not come cheap. SFM celebrates 20 years of inspiration. Let us all reflect on how our freedom was achieved. SFM, South Africa's news and information leader. There's the big picture, and the small picture, and everything that's green in between, on the Enviro Show, Thursday nights on SAFM between 9 and 10. Otherwise, on SAFM. Now, Segri Davraj is from the Divine Life Society of South Africa, and she joins me on the line to talk about 
an event called Ganga Dasera to honor Mother Ganga, the Hindu goddess. Hello, Segui. How are you? Well, thanks. How are you? Well, thank you for joining us and, and, and talk to us about uh, Ganga Dasera. Did I say it properly? Yes. Hi. Thank you for sharing your time with us. No, thank you. Now, what does the divine? What is the Divine Life Society of South Africa? What does it do? Uh, the Divine Life Society of South Africa is a religious and spiritual organization that was uh, set up by Swami Sahajananda, and uh, we do a lot of uh, community projects. Um, we have a lot of spiritual programs for, for spiritual upliftment in terms of satsangs and uh, literature that we distribute and uh, basically human humanitarian work in, in in throughout the country now is it, is it is it is it a hindu based organization it's a hindu based organization but uh, most of our literature is written in english and we have a very open approach so actually anyone can benefit by attending any of our programs although it is a hindu based organization now, the Ganga Dasera, how, how often does it happen? Uh, once a year. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a special, uh, this year Ganga Dasera falls on Sunday the 8th, this coming Sunday. Mm-hmm. And uh, just to tell you a little bit about Ganga. Yes. Uh, Ganga is actually a transboundary river in India. It flows from the Himalayan mountains in India and empties into the Bay of Bengal in Bangladesh. Mm-hmm. And she is one of the largest river basins in the world. And as a river itself, she nurtures almost 44 million people. But in Hinduism, we uh, place equal emphasis on the maternal and paternal aspects of God. So in Hinduism, Ganga, river Ganges, is, is uh, worshipped as the personified maternal or mother aspect of God. So Dasera itself is the day that she descended from celestial regions to earth plane. So that is what we are celebrating and on Sunday the 8th at our ashram at Lamasi. Now, is, is, is it being celebrated in India as well? Yes, wherever they, uh, there are Hindus that believe in Ganga, they will be celebrating Ganga Dasera. So it's a worldwide event. And it will be celebrated uh, more especially in India because the actual rivers in India. But Swami Sahajananda has created a unique concept because we live so far from India. He's actually uh, created Ganga pools at many of our ashrams, including our Sivananda International Cultural Center at Lamasi. So we have the opportunity to worship her even though we are in South Africa. But you bring those waters in those pools uh, originally from, from the river itself? Yes, original water has come from uh, River Ganges, and we also have Ganges water that's uh, imported into the country. And uh, actually, she's worshipped at all our ashrams on a daily basis. But this is a special event because it's the day of a descent, so that is why this huge celebration uh, is, um, is happening at our Sivananda International Cultural Center. Now, the, 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 the water itself, does it, does it have any healing qualities? Yes, uh, according to scripture and according to a lot of devotees who have uh, testified to her, she has a physical and mental healing properties. And uh, Ganga uh, Mata, just praying to her, brings an immense amount of peace, solace, um, 
you know, a calm to a person. So it heals the inside personality as well. But in terms of bodily and mental ailments, we've had a lot of devotees. And as of course, it goes with having faith in her as well. They've testified to many of their problems uh, being solved by just simply offering it to her and, and, and worshipping her as a, as, a, as a deity. Now, you, you talk about other devotees as if you are not one of them. What has yes. been your personal experience? Yes, I've, uh, we've had our Ganga Rani in Amphromeritsburg branch for quite a few years now. And it's amazing. It's something that you have to feel and experience. And I think that is why this is such an important function, especially for those that are, that are curious about it, to come and experience what she's all about. I've had... Uh, uh, lovely experiences uh, worshipping Mother Ganga in terms of your personal life, in terms of peace and serenity that she affords you. Uh, when you have any uh, problem, no matter what type of problem, if, she, if you look upon her as a female aspect of God, and just offering those problems to her, it's amazing how she solves them. Uh, people that have had uh, medical problems with faith if they go and offer these problems to her and worship her. It's amazing how even medical problems have been, you know, solved for them. Hmm. It, it, now, does anyone, is it for women or men only? No. Uh, it, everybody. Everybody. And it's not only for Hindus. Uh, it is also for non-Hindus that can, those that are curious to know what she is and just want to add to another experience, Experience in their life something different. It will be very good if they attend. And even if someone doesn't understand the concept of Ganga or doesn't worship as a Hindu, if they come to the ashram on Sunday and they don't want to participate in anything because it's uh, it's worship of a different kind, just merely by sitting in the ashram premises, which is so spiritually charged. And it's it's amazing how they'll go back um, elevated, calm, serene. So just sitting there and, and looking at the whole proceeding without participating will be absolutely soul-elevating for them. But what we've added on to our program, which is also good, whoever attends the function, they'll have a unique opportunity of pouring Ganga Jal or Ganga water into one of the four Ganga pools that we have at Alamasi Ashram, so they can partake of the program as well by offering water into her during the worship. It sounds amazing. Um, now, I know that your Divine Life Society also uh, has, has lots of projects that have built schools and low-cost housing for children's homes, etc. Yes. Now, are those communities that you assist, are they also going to participate at, at, uh, at this event? Well, uh, everybody's invited to come. Usually we have our children from the uh, Sivananda schools that come and participate by dance items or uh, uh, song items and things. And, uh, and we normally have them this this particular program uh, will be, uh, we don't have them 
for this particular program. Okay. Um, All right. So this is taking place on the 8th of June, and it's at the Silvananda International Cultural Center in La Mercy, right? Yes, and it commences at 6 a.m. Mm-hmm. We will have, uh, it starts with invocation and Vedic chanting. Okay, yeah. but we're running out of time, so it okay. starts at 6 in the morning, and for more information, people can, can is there a number? Yes, it's 031-26-2213. Two six double two three one four. Yes. Fantastic. Thank you so much, Sigri, okay. for talking to us. Thank you. You take Thank very you. good care. Thank you. Bye. Bye bye. Sounds very very interesting. Uh, Where's I was in Durban to attend that? Um, our journalist, is, uh, who's also founder and director of Babies Behind Bars organization, Romy Titus. Romy, hello. Thank you for your time. Hello, Shadow. Thank you so much for having me. I know you've just been to the dentist, darling. Are you okay? (laughs) (laughs) No, I'm all good. I go for a three-month checkup, and as Murphy would have it, I had a bit of a crack in my molar, so... uh I speak with a bit of a lisp at the move. Well, I hope I hope that's not trying to bite bars to open to unlock the children out of out of prison. <laughs> Ooh, Romy, Romy, I'm struggling with your telephone. Romy, I can hear you clearly. We can't hear you clearly. Are you moving around? Are you seated? No, I'm seated stationary. Fantastic. Fantastic. Now, t- tell us about Babies Behind Bars. You founded it. How how old is it now? Well, Babies Behind Bars is old. I founded it back in 2007. And uh, we've been strong, I guess, for the past seven years in trying that uh, children behind bars to happy and Do you know what? I'm going to take a little break and ask if Hazel can call you back because I really am backing and I think it's an important interview that we need to have with you. So uh, we're going to ask Hazel to dial you again and see if we can get a clearer line. Thank you so much. Because um, this is an amazing initiative by Romy Titus, uh, Babies Behind Bars organization. And we, we get to, you know, we... Ideally, children uh, shouldn't be behind bars, but if they are, then born behind bars. Um, and who decides whether they should be taken away to be cared for by by uh, somebody else, or then because they need to bond with the mother, they stay in prison for how long? Two years, three years. You know, we we need to talk about that. And I'm. I'm, I'm it, it, it's a pity that, you know, it, it, it has to happen. My feeling is that as soon as the baby's born, maybe take it away before it develops a bond with its mother, especially if the mother is going to be there for, for, for many years. Because, you, you, again, talking with Bill earlier on, we discovered how this may affect three generations, uh, the, state of, of the state of mind of the child, the state of unhappiness and all of that. So, Romy, welcome back. Thank you so much. Okay, so these children are born behind bars, um, and how long do they stay there? Well, they stay uh, behind bars up until the age of two years. After that, it is that they have to go into welfare or to a family member that can afford to look after the baby. It's only been a couple of years, probably four or five years, that kids leave at the age of two. Before that, they could stay in prison up until the age of five. But Uh what the authorities then realized is kids start remembering things a little bit more, Mm -hmm. and um, hence they brought down the age now to two years. 
You know, it's it's a difficult one to deal with, whether the child should be there at all, shouldn't it be taken immediately after birth, you know, as opposed to staying there for another two years. But what are the conditions? I've been to one um, a few years ago. I went to visit a, a, a group of mums, I think it was during Women's Month, where I saw the size even of the cell is is, is very tiny. And, 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 you know, having mom and child in that cell, is, is, is a challenge, but, mm. you know, they have to deal with so many other things. What have you found? Is it still the same? It varies, really, Shadow, from prison to prison. I mean, some prisons have a really well-equipped fresh with teachers, with proper schooling equipment, while other prisons actually don't have anything. I have to say that the former Minister of Correctional Services, Nosibi Wemapisa Nakula, actually came up with a project where she started and said that all moms and children need to be moved to a more child-friendly environment. Mm -hmm. And that rollout has started, not in every single prison in South Africa, but I have to say, if you go to Jogo Correctional Centre, you'll see that the mom and baby section has been upgraded to something a little bit more child-friendly, to something that uh, resembles more of a home hut as opposed to cold, dark, you know, really grimy, really unwelcoming cells. Hmm. Now, what sort of things do, 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 you, do they get from the prison itself and what sort of things do you, uh, your organization has to, has to uh, uh, give to, to the children? Well, baby, our laser focus really is the children. A lot of states, uh, the money goes to looking after the mom, and so we've made our, our target and our focus mainly the children. Very little of the tax money goes to looking after these children, clothing them, giving them warm blankets in winter because it is freezing in that prison. Mm-hmm. Only recently have prisons, I mean, readily started making uh, available to the different prisons as every baby, every prison uses different formula. So a little, little bit of money from the state goes towards their well-being. What we really do as an organization is make sure that uh, they have everything, their human basic needs. I mean, some of the moms are HIV positive and some of the babies are and so take certain formula. We make sure that they have enough of that in order to feed their babies. Educational toys, toys. I mean, early childhood uh, stimulation as well for them just so that they grow up. You know, they just grow up being happy, healthy, content little human beings. So it's everything that is from uh, disposable diapers to toiletries to clothing to toys, all of that. Do they find time to go out and play in the, in the grass or something? You know what the saddest thing is? Every prison does not have an outside play space. I remember as a child, my most happy moments were outside playing in the mud, making pancakes yes. or whatever it is. Prisons don't have that, and I'd really like to, I guess, in the next couple of years, advocate that every uh, prison has an outside play space. So what you find is these kids are the happiest little human beings because they know no difference, but they're inside these dark cell walls and down the passages, playing with their toys, riding their bicycles, and they really should be outside soaking up the sun feeling the grass under their bare feet. Mm. And so that's really what I'd like to see. I can't say from the prisons I've seen that every prison has a dedicated play space inside and outside for these children. Romy, how do we support babies behind bars then? It's so simple. <laughs> Drop us an email, info at babiesbehindbars.com. Uh, we also accept not only brand new goods, but also 
use baby goods that are in good condition. So if moms have toys lying around that their kids don't play with anymore, a good wash, and we're happy to find them new homes, babies grow so quickly. So all those baby grows that your baby's worn once or twice, we're very happy to have because we're in every prison that houses babies in the country, and that's 16 of them, four Namibia and one in Twisland, and every little bit goes a long way. Bless your heart. Bless your heart. Thank you, you, Romy. Look after those teeth now. Thanks for joining us. Will do. Thank you so much. You take care. Bye-bye. Info at babiesbehindbars.com. You heard, Romy. Please give whatever you can for those uh, children who live, who were born behind bars and live behind bars. So info at babiesbehindbars. It's now time for Shop Shop.